Welcome to This Isn't About Me, a podcast that's not entirely about me. I'm your host, Leanne Velke, and in this podcast, I aim to have deep conversations with cool people I know. Each week, I bring you a new voice with a new story and new perspective to share. If you resonate with what you hear, make sure you hit subscribe and feel free to head on over to Instagram to follow me at Leanne Velke. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to the next episode of This Isn't About Me, and I'm very, very excited today to have my very awesome friend Christy join me, and um, we have been trying to get a call booked for like, I don't know, four years or something, so this is our excuse to reconnect and get back on the phone And I know this is going to be a really good conversation. I'm so, so, so excited to have you, Christy, and to just like dive into all the things. Um, As I do with everybody, I'm just going to let you do a quick little introduction of yourself, and then we can dive into the good stuff. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much, Leanne, for having me. And yes, it's been so challenging to get a call booked. And when you said, we're going to do this date, I was like, oh, no, we are. Okay. Uh, I'll make it happen. So I'm so glad. We're making it happen today. Yeah, totally. Um, First and foremost, I mean, I'm many things. I have many balls juggling in the air. There's many pieces of who I am. Um, As far as work goes, I'm a speaker, author, and educator. So I've got um, two adults. Uh, self-help nonfiction books that I've written, and I've got four children's books, and so I can tell you more about those later. Um, I I speak on stage, I speak virtually, I facilitate sessions to organizations around health and well-being and diversity inclusion, primarily 2S LGBTQI plus related. Don't have to remember that big long acronym. Like that's a lot of letters. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of letters, yeah, we can get into that later. Um, I'm anything though, I'm a mom, Um, I play hockey, so I'm a hockey player, um, I run my own business and there's just, there's lots of different aspects of, of me and who I am. And I actually really love our, our connection story because, um, I don't know, you're going to share about that or do you want me to feel free? I, okay. yeah, feel free. Go ahead. I want to <laughs> hear what you love about our connection story. <laughs> we, were, we were at a conference in Kelowna, BC, named, uh, the, the title of the conference was shine. And mm-hmm. you and I ended up at a table together. And actually, I think even before that, I was on stage at one point sharing a very vulnerable story about my life mm-hmm. and um, some challenging stuff about my coming out with my mom. And it was really emotional. And I was crying and I came back to the table and I remember you consoling me and having a chat with me. And then shortly after, a song came on that reminded you of your brother and you were crying. So then the <laughs> two of us were kind of there supporting each other and it became this really beautiful um, connection and it just felt like the right thing. And, and I think that's what brought us together. Yeah, I love that. I have the worst memory ever. So I definitely did not remember all of those. (laughs) But I definitely I mean, I remember being at that table very clearly. And I remember the day that we met. And I remember just like, the feeling when we met and just being like, I just love this person. Like, I it's just like an instant sort of like connection and comfort. And and that, like, that's what I remember about it. So um, thank, thank you, you for reminding me that we were both <laughs> crying that day. And yeah. I talk a lot about how I cry all the time. So it's not surprising. 
<laughs> no, I love it. We we had that moment of reflection. We could support one another through those tears and very different situations, but it felt like this is a friendship immediately. This is great. Yeah, I love yeah. it. And here yeah. we are, like what five years later, almost. This is yeah. so fun. I love it. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you for that wonderful introduction. You are many things. <laughs> very multifaceted human. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to dive right in. And I know, um, so we talked briefly before, but when we met five years ago, you were a health and wellness coach, right? And you've had this big transition over the last five years of, of doing more of the inclusion coaching or, um, teaching. Also, by the way, I have one of the children's books. I did not know you wrote four books. I have okay. the first one, I think. It's so fun. Um, okay, cool. And I read, I read, used to read that to the boys. It's been packed up now. I don't even know where any of our books are anymore, <laughs> but I used to read it to my boys all the time. Um, I love that. I was like, oh, I'm getting Christy's book. Um, anyway, so yeah, I did not know there were four books. But yeah, I um, would love to just like talk about like what has been going on in your life for the last five years, because <laughs> I know it's oh. been a busy five years. So much. Yeah, there's so much that, that's changed. Yeah, since we since we saw each other. So yes, my my first half of my career, if you will, has been all about supporting individuals with health and well being. And really the premise of that work, you know, as it everything evolves over time, um, that work led me to writing my first book, uh, Synergize Your Health, The Six Elements to Greater Vitality and Joy, which is all about really the foundation of everything that I teach and the way that I approach people. And those, those six elements are, um, are nutrition, movement, mindset, connection, um, self-love, and rest. And so I talk about all of those in my book, and that's been the big foundation of everything that I've done. So all of my, my own life, my personal life, but also how I've coached and supported clients. And so it's really about looking at people as holistic beings and how can I best support them. And then just before the pandemic, I was feeling really burnt out with my work. I have in-person clients, I have online clients, I have coaching, I have presentations that I do, I'm a keynote speaker, I have all these things. And I was like, oh my God, I'm feeling really burnt out. Yeah, and it's a lot. It's a lot of things. A lot. Yeah, and I didn't really know what to do at that time. I was like, hey, I think there needs to be some downtime. I need to pivot. I need to do something different and change the way I'm doing things because I can't go on like this forever. And it was at that time that I, um, yeah, it was now the, the pandemic hits and I'm like, whoa, did I, you know, but watch what you wish for, right? Suddenly we're, we're like at home and my business comes to a grinding halt and I'm going, mm -hmm. when am I going back? Like, I'm sure you had some of this too. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, during that time, I went to the doctor and got blood tests done and got a few things like really taking care of my own health and recognize, okay, this is a blessing. I'm, I'm, I'm off work for however long and I'm going to just take care of me. And in that time, I also recognized that my business needed to change. I didn't want to keep doing things in the way that I was doing because I felt burnt out. And so um, I went through, you might know this, not know this about me, but years ago I went through for policing. And so I had a long time desire to be in law enforcement. And I took a two-year diploma program um, to do that. Never worked out. I'm grateful now. Looking back, I would have never been a, a great police officer. But, <laughs> yeah, I um, cannot picture you as a police officer, I don't think. <laughs> well, it's one of those things that you think you're going to do something and you think, you know, what it's going to bring to your life or what the goal is going in. And really recognizing the goal that I wanted to achieve with that job was to make change in the world. And that was not what was going to happen. It's, 
you know, I had a, I had a really false illusion of what that might look like. And so long and short is I, I, I sort of started pulling out some of my books and I was like, hang on a second. I have other skills. I have other desires. I have things I want to do with my life and it doesn't just involve health and well-being. And mm-hmm. so that's when the inclusion stuff started really coming up and going, I want people to bring their whole selves to the workplace, to the community, to our families. And how can I help that, you know, really push and, and move that along for people? And so started taking some upgrading and, and that's brought me to the inclusion work that I'm doing now. Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) Um, what do you mean in, um, doing some upgrading? Oh yeah. So when, (laughs) like, what is, what does that look like in your world? Yeah. I will. I recognize that I have, you know, we all have our own experiences of what we can bring to our work. Um, and I think for me, what I recognized was that it's one thing to have personal experience, but it's also, we need to have the knowledge to back it up. So I can't just come in and do a presentation from my own perspective and, you know, be looking as, as, as a victim or only sharing my stories, because that's not what it's all about. It's about, you know, having knowledge about what, what's everyone really dealing with at the end of the day. And so um, there's a, there's a, uh, what do you call it, certifying body here in, in Canada called CCDI, and they're the Canadian Center for Diversity and Inclusion. And I heard of them. And so I looked them up and I, I found some courses that were totally in line with what I wanted to do. I was like, yes, that's it. And so I registered right away. I think it was like 700 bucks or something to take these five modules and, and get a certification. And then I continued on like taking courses all along the last three, four years to continue to upgrade. So, yeah. That's very interesting and mm-hmm. very cool. Um, and um, like, that's cool that they have that mm-hmm. available. Um, yeah, it's funny because I'm not in the same way at all, but I'm thinking of doing like a corporate sort of workshop is something that's sort of new to me and my ideas of what I might put out into the world. And mm-hmm. it's same, like, I'm like, how, how do I get this, like, this sort of like credibility and like, how do you, how do you then go into a corporation and be like, I am qualified to teach this to the people and and hold that space and like, do that, you know, be qualified to do that. So yeah, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. So I'm just starting down that path of like, sort of formulating what that looks like and how to sort of, I don't know. I don't even know if it is a certification or, or what it really is. The idea is I want to do workshops around numerology because similarly, but different, obviously like different vein, but similarly, when I started learning about numerology, I was like, this is such a like powerful tool that corporations could use kind of similarly to what you're saying and like in owning the fullness of yourself and, and understanding yourself in a different way based on your numbers and bringing like, how great would the workplace be if you could just operate in your zone of genius and not feel like you're like, you have to fit in with everybody else. And like, Oh, the person next to me, you know, expects me to deliver this thing based on spreadsheets and I should do it on spreadsheets when really like you're a person who's really creative and wants to like draw it on a notepad or something. And it's sort of like frowned upon that you're like that, but how cool would it be if we could just understand that that's the way your brain thinks and that you like to draw things out and the person next to you likes to do it on spreadsheets and how cool would it be to have that knowledge to work together better? 
instead totally. of like forcing against each other and like being like my way is the right way my way is the right way <laughs> right like, well and accepting that we're all different and then that's yeah. the thing whether it's how we learn or how we facilitate or how we coach or whatever it is we don't all have yeah. the same template and so I think you're right when you speak of it that way um but back to the um the idea of upgrading I don't know you know obviously it's different depending on where you live but now with the internet we can sign up and take any kind of anything, anything yeah are, right <laughs> yeah which is this beautiful gift um but for me, it was it was going, okay, what skill set do I already have? And and how can I, I, I don't have time to go back and get a degree or a BA or any of that, right? Like, I just don't have time. And yeah. so what can I do that rounds out my skill set that gives me that credibility? And that's really the approach that I took with um, going into the inclusion work. It's like, I've already been doing a lot of this work my whole life, but how can I really refine what I know so that I'm credible and can take it into the workplace, right? Like corporate. So, yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. do that as, you do it, you do facilitate it as workshops, right? For in the corporate world and anywhere, everywhere, everywhere um, that'll take you. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. It, it's always an interview though. You know, as much as it is when you go for a job interview, it's the same, you know, whether it's a coaching client or whether it's a, you know, working for an organization and, and providing education or facilitation, there's always got to be that good fit. And you can tell, I'm sure you can tell this, you know, when you're, when you're having interviews, even for your podcast, who am I going to bring on? It's got, yeah. there's got to be a jam, like a gel there. You got to feel it. Right. And mm -hmm. so, um, I have had one experience over the last, hmm, I'm going to say it was last spring. I think uh, I was working for an organization and everything leading me to actually facilitating the work was really challenging. And there was uh. lots of red flags, but I was new in the field in, in this way. And I really wanted them to hire me. And I felt this sense of attachment to the job and it was the most challenging contract that I've ever worked. And I, when it was over, I was like, I will never do that again. Like I will recognize yeah. the flag and not take on everybody. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's the challenge of being a <laughs> self-employed person, right? There's like, you sadly have to just sort of learn those things and like have those <laughs> totally. obnoxious contracts or those people. I've had a few of those myself where you're like are you serious like can't you just trust me to <laughs> do the thing you hired me to do and not like okay. make it so difficult that's it that's it you bring me in and you ask me to do what I do but then you tell me how you want it done so then I'm not working in my zone of genius anymore I'm doing what you want it's just a mess it's just a mess so yeah we can't do that no. Yeah. I had, I've had a few of those, especially I feel like sometimes in the corporate, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird space, but I had a few of those. Um, and I know, I actually noticed for myself that though, I think those clients are the ones that like aren't referred personally or didn't actually mm -hmm. know me beforehand. They were people who like found me on the internet or at that time, that, like very early on in my business in 20, whatever, 16 that it was, I was on Upwork and yeah. someone found me there to help them with their registration site. And same thing, like they were like, they wanted, I had to download like a Chrome extension to like log into their account. And I'm like, all my other clients just give me admin access to their account because they know that I know how to handle the account and I'm not going to screw anything up. These people wouldn't even give me my own password. I was like, wow. Wow. seriously? Like you won't even, like I didn't even have my own login. I couldn't have a password. I'm like, this is ridiculous. But it's, it was, it was good sort of learning. And I think I had maybe one or two of those where 
they were people who weren't referred. And I think the referrals really make a huge difference. Like if you're, if you're brought in, even if you don't know the people and you're referred to them and they're like, Leanne's the best there is at this, then they automatically are like, okay, take all my stuff. (laughs) Take the admin. take the admin login and fix our account and make it better. And those are my favorite clients where they're like, we don't care. We'll pay you whatever, do the thing you're, you're smart at doing and we're good. You know, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, You talked about the the zone of genius. Um, Have you read the book by Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap? Um, No, (laughs) I think I read it. Oh my gosh. You have to read it. It's a fantastic book. You have to put it in your show notes for your listeners because it's, I think I, have I think I might have the book I just okay. like you need to read it then <laughs> it's um it's a fantastic book and it talks exactly about that what are upper limits and where um we, we can do work that we're good at and we can do or, or we can do work that lights us up that we really love and and when we do that we actually work in our zone of genius meaning we're good at what we do and we love it so there's like this marrying of both instead mm-hmm. of just doing things because you can and so anyway, you've got to check out that book and your listeners would love it if they're, uh, they're into this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, those are all my people. <laughs> I feel like probably all my people have already read that book. I'm just like the worst. I, this is a joke with a friend of mine. I'm like, I get about halfway through a book and then I like quit on it. I'm like, mm. I'm, I'm like the, I hated reading. I probably didn't finish a whole book until I was in like, I don't know, ninth or 10th grade or something. <laughs> like I hated reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I will constantly have like six books that are going and they're all like half read. And I'm like, I read the first half of that book. <laughs> well, finish the big leap because it's really good. You'll okay. I will, I will find it because I'm pretty sure I do already have that book, which is ridiculous. Cool. Um, crap. There was something that came up while you were talking about the big leap though, that I was thinking of. Oh yeah. I was going to say that there, I did a, I remember doing an Instagram post like sometime I think last year, even maybe the year before that was like, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. And the same thing of like, there's a lot of things I can do. I am able-bodied and I can do a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that I like have to or that I should do those things. Right. And like sometimes just because you can doesn't mean necessarily that you should and that's the best choice for you right that's right that's yeah right. so Absolutely. I love that actually was I feel like I was just thinking about resharing that I need to reshare maybe that one again maybe it is <laughs> um so amazing so talk to me about like what the journey has been and I know one one way we were gonna talk about do or we talked about potentially going in this conversation was talking about pronouns which I'm totally would love to have that conversation because truthfully it's not a conversation I've probably ever had with anybody before and so I thank you publicly for being open to having this conversation and um and I I mean I'd love to just sort of like hear from you like what that journey has been and and um what you've found in sort of switching from she, her to they, them, and, and sort of dive into that if you're open to it. Sure. Yeah, totally. Um, so just to I'll give you the backstory, I think it's good to just kind of start at the beginning. When I was yes, a please. kid, <laughs> I, uh, I had been 
I've been challenged by being misgendered from a very young age. So the first time it happened, I was uh, seven. I was out with my dad and he's a, he's a self-employed um, transport truck driver in, in Ontario, Canada. And he um, took me out in his truck for the day. I was wearing like a dirty old t-shirt, you know, it's a dirty job, had like cut off jean shorts and short kind of straggly hair. And we got out of the truck and went into one of the job sites to use the washroom. And when he walked in, this, this guy stands up behind the desk and my dad says, you know, do you have a bathroom you can use? And the guy says, oh, for your son. And my dad says, no, for my daughter. And they both had a bit of a chuckle and kind of exchanged glances. And in that moment, I was like, what makes me feel comfortable in my body and in myself obviously makes others uncomfortable. Mm. And so it was a really big eye opener at seven going, oh, okay. And so I've navigated that for most of my, most of my life. And in fact, um, I've been misgendered, you know, right through like high school, you know, I've been challenged by one of my friends, um, brothers in high school, I was hanging out at their house, we were doing a, a sleepover and her brother was, was basically taunting me saying, you must be a guy, you have a guy's voice. Why are you sure you're not a guy? And he was really like digging in. And so these are like these little things over my life that I'm just like, so like, am I supposed to be a certain way? People see me as being a certain way, but then it's all very confusing because I don't feel that way. And so anyway, most of my life has been these wow. challenges. And so, you know, after a while, it kind of wears on me. You, you, mm -hmm. you question, you know, I'm, I'm born female. I'm born, you know, doctors say, yeah, you have a girl. Yeah, I have all the female body parts. But as a, as a person and how I display my outward expression of gender, so my gender expression is very masculine. You've met me, you know, my body's like, don't have really hips. I wear men's right. clothing, I have short hair. Um, but I have this very feminine side of myself as well. And so over the years, it's been challenging to marry the two and go, how can I be both and not be feeling ashamed of that? And so after I wrote my second adult um, self-help book called Dismantling the Obstacles to Workplace Inclusion, I wrote that book to go with my facilitation work. And when I wrote the book, um, the book arrived um, through Amazon. They give you a proof. So you order a proof and then you get to look at it and see if you like it and you want to make any changes. So the proof arrived in the day and I flipped through the book and that night going to bed, I'm sitting in bed with my wife and I, I got the book in my hand and I said, guess what? And I started bawling and she's just like, what's going on? And I said, I got my book today. She's like, yeah, I got it. I see you got your book. Like, why are you crying? It's such a big deal. It's, it's good. And I was like, no. And I come to the realization that I put all of my stories out there, all of my challenges, all of my thoughts. And um, what I came to realize is that I'm not she, her, and I never have been. I've always been they, them. And they, them, if you're not familiar with pronouns, um, they, them indicates an individual who identifies as both male and female or masculine and feminine, um, or they identify as neither. They're just simply themselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's, it hit me. And I was like, oh. I'm they, them. I, I've been they, them my entire life. And I don't love the term. I'll explain more in a minute, but I hope something else comes up and there's a better term to use. But my wife's reaction was, oh, I've known that for the 15 years we've been together. This yeah. isn't anything new. I'm like, but it's new for me. And I had this it whole makes so much reaction. Sense. Yeah. yeah, it was really hard. So that's really where that journey has led me. It's been a lifelong journey, but I finally came to the understanding myself that I don't want to feel ashamed of who I am anymore. And so why do I need to? If you think I look masculine one day and you call me ma'am and the next day someone calls me sir, why do I care? It doesn't matter. Yeah. And so that, that's the story. Wow. I love that story. Um, I'm just thinking, I've, I mean, I've 
just of my own, you know, just relating, but I'm like, that's sort of how I felt when I learned that I was an empath a couple of years ago, where like all of a sudden, and I know this was something we kind of touched on before we were recording, but um, like the power of having the words and like all of a sudden I was like, this explains so much of my life. And it's like, so like groundbreaking right like it's like and everyone that looks at me is like obviously you're an empath like clearly like similar right similarly like it's not that like earth shattering to everyone else but when you finally find the words that seem to fit or you have those words or you have that like the explanation or the the like the validation of like oh my mm. god this is who I've been my whole life and I never had a word or a title or an explanation for it yeah it feels incredibly profound and it's it's life-changing I feel like yeah. um so I love freeing. that yeah it's so freeing yeah. to finally realize and you know what's interesting there's you know always controversy on oh do we need to name things do we need to put labels on people and yeah. things right there's, there's a lot of controversy around that you said something that for me my whole life recognizing that I've had um I shouldn't say my whole life when I was in my late teens early 20s finally recognizing that I'm a lesbian and it was like most people feel like well why do you have to label it it's like well because now I understand who I am and before that I didn't know I just thought I was weird and there's something wrong with me right and so then coming to the realization yeah. of having a title having a word it was like this liberation of being like, ah, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm totally okay. And this is what yeah. I am. So yeah. Yeah. It's it so, for you. yeah. It's so like, yeah, validating and freeing to just, and yeah, I agree. Like there is, there is sort of a double-edged sword there. I know with like labeling stuff or like over labeling things and, and not putting yourself actually like in a box to be labeled. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time, actually having like the, the right words and the explanation for something you've either felt your whole life or been your whole life. It is, it's, you, it's a feeling of being able to be seen and, and understood finally. And, and for me, it was something like, I didn't even know that I was missing. Right. And I don't know if that's how you feel about like, finally finding, I'll say if that, I don't know if that's right or not, but like finding they, them and, and just um, finally, uh, yeah, just like finally kind of like stumbling on that and being like, that's the thing. I didn't even it's know a, I needed it. <laughs> yeah. And it's a deeper understanding of yourself, I think. And like we've talked about really having reflection on who we are as people, right? And what that means for us. And um, just to be clear too, using the pronouns they, them, I'm going to throw another term out because we're talking about language and terms. Um, what I've What I've come to realize and why I've chosen um, to use a, a pronoun that's identifying both male and female or neither, or depending on who is using it, is that what the real identity is for me is non-binary. So if that's a term that you're not familiar with or other people aren't familiar with, um, the gender binary, for example, it's binary meaning two, two parts. And mm-hmm. so the gender binary that most of us grew up with was male and female. Those were the two options there are. There's nothing else outside of that. No one had ever, you know, most of us hadn't conceived of that, even though it's existed right. for, you know, eons yeah um, most of us grew up in these homes that that we only knew there were two options to be and so identifying as non-binary means that we are identifying outside this rigid gender idea of just masculine and feminine or just male and female right and we're identifying outside of that and saying hang on a second i'm not just only one of those boxes i'm actually completely different i'm outside of that or i'm both 
And so where do I fit in? Right. And so we're, we're seeing this more and more. So you're going to hear terms like gender queer or gender non-conforming or gender non-binary. I identify as non-binary meaning that I don't fit in just those, one of those boxes. I fit in both. And so I don't know if that helps to give the explanation as to why I use the word they, them, because I'm not she or he only. I feel like I'm a, a blend of both. And yeah. so that's where that yeah. comes from. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You said before that you met, you made a comment a few minutes ago when you were talking about it, that something about even they, them doesn't, isn't even quite and you were like, I'll come back. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't was, remember the context because then we went off on other tangents. You're like, please come back. Um, come back to that. So, so they, them, so when, when I'm, especially when I'm presenting or even if I'm using the pronouns they, them to, to individuals like in the community or, or in the world that I'm connecting with, um, a lot of people and myself included historically, um, they, them has always represented a group. And so in the English language, people use the word they to identify a group of people. And Mm -hmm. so when someone identifies individually with the pronoun they, them, it can be very, very confusing because people suddenly go, well, that doesn't make sense because it's a group of people. And it's like, well, yes, it is. But it's also, let's give an example here. Let's say you walk out in the front yard and you, somebody walks along your street and drops their cell phone and you go pick it up and you pick up the phone and you're like, oh, I wonder who this belongs to. I wonder if they're going to come back for it. I wonder who they are. We're already using that in the singular when we don't know who someone, somebody might be. Yeah. And so I don't love it because there's this controversy of like, is it a group? Is it a singular person? But right now this is what we've got. And so I think things will continue to evolve and more words will come and, and I'll adopt the one that's best for me at that time. And I think we're just always evolving. We need to recognize that. Do you have any like inklings or ideas of anything have any other things landed for you that you're like this could be any other ideas (laughs) there's another set of pronouns that's come out of the trans community that's z zir zers so the z zir zers so says then and um that didn't feel quite right for me and i just didn't really resonate with it so there are other things out there there are other options out there that people are using um, but none of them have really landed for me yet. And so I feel like they, them is where I'm at right now. I think yeah. it's really interesting, you know, being in my forties, if I was in my twenties and a completely different generation, I might be approaching this in a whole different way. But this, even the fact that I've been able to identify who I am is kind of mind blowing in my forties and going, ah, I'm just going to stick with the, you know, the simple stuff for now. And this I'll works right now. Yeah. This yeah. works for me at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, It's funny you, you that you well you're talking about you know if you were younger and I just keep there's something in my brain I can't quite put the words around it yet it might come but um about like I mean do you have conversations with younger people now or do you I don't know like what's what's your feeling on like the younger kids now that are they have these options Mm-hmm. And, and the world is kind of different. I don't know if the, the question is around, like, would it have made a difference for you? Or if it's like if, how you are now, how you picture it, or like, I don't know what the question is, but I'm just going to yeah. like throw this out there <laughs> as like a t- conversation topic of like, I don't know what it's, what it's potentially like for kids. I don't know. I feel like the older generations, like, you know, my parents, I think there's 
I highly doubt the older generations are listening to this podcast, but they they probably should. Um, I think there's like confusion, right? And I, I hear and, you know, people older than me of the confusion of the, the pronouns and they're like, oh, we're so tired of, you know, whatever, like, can't you just be a he or a she and blah, blah, blah. That's right. um, so I think like, I think the conversation is important of like what this means for younger kids or people or, I don't know. I'm just curious your thoughts. Well, <laughs> if you have things. some two things that I'll say on just before I, I share more of what I think about the youth and the, the you know generations coming behind us here. Um, one thing we were talking about, you know, older generations having this idea of like, why can't you just be this or that? And like kind of having very rigid ideas of the world. Um, there's also a lot of misconception around just sexuality in general, thinking that you can catch being gay, right? That this is something you can catch. If you're <laughs> hanging out with people that are queer, suddenly you're going to be gay too, right? I know. <laughs> It doesn't work like that. I right? know. It's um, not, I never under, I don't understand. I'm a Libra. So I'm just like, <laughs> I always see like both sides. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just like open to all of it. So yeah. that it doesn't make sense to me. I've always sort of laughed at it, but it is, it's, it's laughable to me. I don't know. I don't know if it's laughable to you, but it's like, really like, come on. It is, <laughs> it is until it's, um, until it's hurtful or discriminatory yeah. or someone's taken physical action on another. And that's when it becomes like, it's not funny anymore. Yes, but the other, the other thing to say is that um, there is no gay gene. We're not born, you know, with some gene that makes us who we are. That it's a combination of many factors. And research is still unclear about how we become the people that we become, right? And it's like they look at the environment. They look at our hormones and our genes and how our parents, you know, uh, sperm and egg, like, connect. Like, there's all these things that they're just really not clear about. But the point is, I think that at the end of the day, it's just being respectful for what people are telling you and just respect their choices. That's it, right? Um, I think also yeah. because, going back to the kid thing, I have a nine-year-old. How old are your kids? Um, seven and 10. Okay, so right around my son's Right, age. the same, yep. Yeah, and so I don't know what it's like where you are in the States, but definitely here in British Columbia and Canada, we, um, you know, there's, there's more conversation and more kids uh, being out about who they are, whether they're they're gay, whether they're trans, whatever it is, there's more um, opportunity and safety around people being able to have these conversations in our communities than there ever has been. Um, and so I think, you know, if, if I had been able to talk about my feelings of what I felt at seven, um, then I probably wouldn't have struggled with all the things that I struggled with my whole life of, you know, anxiety and, and uh, anorexia and like, you know, be, running my body into the ground, all the things that I went through because I couldn't be myself, I just suppressed myself and hid. And then when I finally was able to be me, it was like so liberating. And I was mm-hmm. like, I am not hiding anymore. But if I could have done that, like at seven, eight, nine, or 10, I probably would have lived a totally different life. And so yeah. does that answer your question? Yes. Yeah. Do I'm just talk to you about, about this kind of stuff or no? No. And I mean, I would, <laughs> I guess I would take advice. I don't really exactly know really what to say to them, I guess. I'm not scared of the conversation, but um, I don't know really like how to say it or what to say. Um, Every once in a while, they'll like my older one will be like, wait, boys can marry boys or girls can marry girls or and I'm like, yeah, you know, like if that's what you like, then that's what you like, you know? Um, but it's, it's sort of weird for them, right? They come from a traditional, traditional male, family. female 
family. Um, and so that's what they know. And their grandparents are, are male, female, you know, like it's, it's very traditional. Um, and so I, our pediatrician actually just told us, told me that like now is the time with, especially with our older one to start like having conversations because now is the age where you still have, um, like, you know, some things, right. But you don't know it all. <laughs> but in like, by the time they are about like 12, you start, like, you don't know anything. Like, mm-hmm. you now know nothing about right. life or the Mom's world. Not. And like right. parents, parents don't know anything and they know everything. So I'm actually in a place right now where I'm very consciously like trying to have more of those conversations, especially with my older one and, and just sort of like trying to open his world a little bit. Um, yeah. But it's not something, like I said, that I'm super knowledgeable about. I think to, to one thing to take away, if I'm, you know, you know, giving you and your listeners something to think about, our actions speak louder than our words. And so if we are taking action to be, um, you know, allies and be supportive of all individuals, then that shows our families and people that we're around, right? And so we can have conversations, absolutely. And yeah, they're important, but also just watching your actions um, and how you are inclusive, how you act in the world, how you interact with people that are different from you, those kinds of things, because they're watching, right? They're always watching us. Yeah. So I think I think that's the big takeaway is just, um, you know, do things with the awareness that your kids are watching you and, and how do I want to act? How do I want to be in the world? And um, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I do remember being at like the grocery store one day and I don't remember what, but one of my kids was like, is that a boy or a girl? Like the cashier or something. And I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know the answer, right? Like I didn't really know what to say. Um, and I think I said, I'm I'm not sure. I, I don't really know. Um, but some of those questions, I think sometimes I'm like, ah, I don't know what I'm supposed to say right now. Right. And it was, you know, I think probably a female that looked like a boy. Right. And so I don't know any thoughts or advice or. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> your answer was great. You're just like, I actually don't know. And and if you said it just matter of factly and you were very clear being like, it wasn't a joke. It wasn't like you were trying to tease or taunt. You're just like, I actually really don't know. What do you think? And then they could have a moment to reflect and be like, you know, well, there's all kinds of different people in the world, you know, and just to carry on, like it's, it's, we're, we have to quote unquote normalize those experiences so that they don't feel like, oh my goodness, you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's when the kids take it like, oh, this is weird. There's something wrong with it. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. and then they take it out of context. So we're just very matter of fact. And we're like, actually, I don't know. And, and some, I mean, maybe not so much in the U S I don't know. You can tell me, but we're starting to see more name tags with individuals names on them and pronouns. So we're starting to add them. So in that instance, let's just say you happen to notice the cashier's name was something, you know, generic like Corey that could be male or female. And maybe they had pronouns on there that were they, them, potentially. I don't know. The conversation now could change to be like, oh, they identify as they, them. Um, and so, you know, they're they're potentially non-binary. And now, and the kid might say, oh, now what does that mean? And then you have that whole conversation. Like, Let's talk about that more later. And we'll, you know, whatever. But I think being open yeah. to letting them see for themselves what do they think and why does it matter at the end of the day the cashier did a really good job their customer service was great does it matter oh right yeah I think it's starting to normalize um that there are different people in the world and as we're children you probably grew up it sounds like in a home too that was very heteronormative that was very you know Mm -hmm. 
only thinking one way. And it's like, we want to think, get our kids to think differently and, and think worldly, right? There's different people than just the people we live with. So anyway. yeah, yeah, it's, it is, it's really interesting. And, um, I feel like I do, I love going out, <laughs> going out in the wild and seeing, <laughs> seeing, you know, even people with blue hair or, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, just rocking it. <laughs> yeah. And just, and just being different mm-hmm. and, and, expressing themselves however they want to I sort of love to see out there and I and I love those opportunities for my kids to see that you know we're not all the same and we are all different and of course then they usually are like can I have blue hair (laughs) like uh, maybe (laughs) we'll see (laughs) um but yeah it is I do love that it is sort of I know it probably makes some other people uncomfortable, but I think, you know, like growth comes when we're uncomfortable and it does provide us an opportunity to have those conversations with our kids. And, and it's uncomfortable for me too. And I'm still learning and I really have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I don't, I don't know everything. I work in this field and I, and I facilitate discussion and I help support people with what I do know. Um, but it's like diversity, equity, inclusion is this huge topic and I don't know everything. And so every time I run a session, like even today, I don't know all the answers. I don't have all the answers, but you know, I'm, I'm open to learning. I have, you know, the growth mindset. I'm willing to see, be solution oriented and go, let's work together to come to some kind of agreement or you teach me what you know, and I'll share what I know. And so we can come to a place together to learning, like better, you know, encourage our learning. And so I think that's a really good place to come from. And if you can do that with your kids, like, be honest. I don't know. Right. And what do you think? And then put it back on them and then have the conversations. Right. Um, yeah. I think we and you usually get some real wild answers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. So <clears throat> going back to some like the, um, like the kid, like not the, my kid, but like kids growing up, I, I, I have a a little bit of a mixed feeling on it and not that I'm not supportive of kids being able to really embrace their identity, but Mm -hmm. someone once told me that her daughter decided that she was going to be a boy now in high school. But the feeling that I got from the parent was that it wasn't because it was really who the person actually identified as it's, it was because she was like, being bullied or picked on as a girl. And I don't know if you went through this or not, but I mean, I (laughs) have big boobs. And so, you know, you get attention when you're a girl and you have boobs and you're in high school and it's uncomfortable and it's not fun. And I just like, couldn't help but feel like, I don't know. I, I worry a little bit that like having the options this girl is now deciding she's going to identify as a boy, but I don't think it didn't sound like that's who she really was. It was more like, because she was being picked on Mm -hmm. and being bullied or whatever. And it's easier to sort of like hide under a baggy t-shirt and jeans than it is to sort of embrace yourself as Mm -hmm. all of who you are. Um, I don't know what the point of saying all of that is, but um, I mean, 
being a teenager in general with the hormone changes and like everything that goes along with high school. I hated high school. It was horrible. I, I, for myself, I thought it would have been easier to be a boy as well. And it wasn't because I had big boobs. It was because I couldn't identify with my feelings of for, toward others. And I was like, well, if I was a boy, I wouldn't be feeling like attract, being attracted to women was a bad thing. Right. And I'm feeling yeah. all the shame. Like, just being a teenager in and of itself is challenging. That time in our lives is so hard mm-hmm. um, that I can't, I can't say for this particular individual, if it's right or wrong, it's the best decision or not. Um, but everybody's got their own experience. And I think as long as we can be as supportive as we can, I mean, I don't know what it's like in, again, in the States and maybe, you know, uh, Leanne or not, but we can't in Canada, you can't decide quote unquote decide that you want to transition from the gender you were assigned at birth to another gender without like going through psychology, like a psychologist and, and getting proper, you know, counseling and making sure that this is really what you want to do. Because once you make some of those decisions, you can't go back. Right. Right. So right. is that the same in the States? I think, I think so. But again, yeah. I'm not, I haven't world. gone down that road. Yeah. I haven't really, <laughs> I haven't investigated, but I, I mean, I feel like it should be. I'm sure it yeah. probably is. Um, yeah. I don't know, but who knows? Like sometimes it's we're serious. weird in the States and we just let people do crazy <laughs> It's like if it's a process and it's really well um, managed and, and there is a proper strategy around it, it can be okay um, and, and supportive. But if it, if there's not, like you say, like it could be a, a life changing you know situation for this person and that they realize 10 years later that that's actually not what they wanted. Right. And so yeah. every, every situation is individual. And yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's just so interesting, like just seeing the teenagers and, and the kids now, because yeah. it is, I mean, in probably at some point that I would hope that girl or you know individual because I don't know if she goes by girl now or not maybe she does maybe she doesn't but that person is going to get out of high school and be like I don't need to do this anymore or I do really want to continue down that path um and I know that her family is extremely supportive of all of it so um it was just more like I just it was interesting because I was like there's an interesting psychological factor there too. Right. And there's just like the, the bullying in, in high school is, can be horrible and it's hard to, I had a really good high school experience, but it was still doesn't mean it wasn't like without its challenges. Right. And you're still, it's still interesting <laughs> being yeah, boy or girl or any person just trying to Gender get diverse. through yeah, exactly. And, like, totally. and I do appreciate that, you know, that it appears that kids are a lot more open, right, these days. And I don't feel like anybody, I don't know, I'm not in high school anymore. I feel like nobody really blinks probably at being a lesbian or being gay anymore. Any like, it's like Not in the same way. Not no, it's, and it's, I mean, that makes me happy for, yeah, for all those kids that hopefully they're not having that experience of feeling like something's wrong with me. Something's sure. weird. And, and okay. hopefully we're, I have a lot of hope for the future. That's it. I mean, that's it. We're putting our, our future in our children's hands, essentially. Right. And going, hey, well, how do we want them to, to be in the world? And how do we want them to treat others? And we have to model that. Um, and, and just on the whole school thing, I, my children's books, I got invited to my son's school. So he's in elementary school here and the school's a grade K to seven. 
And the teacher or the principal asked me if I would come in and all of my children's books are in their library. And so she asked me if I would come in and do a day of book reading um, with the kids in the primary. So I, I did from uh, kindergarten to grade four. And I did it over the course of a whole day. So I was there for six hours. And I read to, I think I read to like eight classes or something for the course of the day. And the first class in the morning that I went to, the teacher is just this gem. She's just fantastic. So kind and compassionate. My son had her as a, as a teacher. We loved her. Anyway, I'm presenting in her class with my books. And one of my children's books, I don't know which one you have, but it's called I Will Be Me. And it's a kid's book about a kid being able to just be themselves and enjoy all the things that kids like. And they don't have to be male or female. They can just enjoy things. And it's a rhyming book. It's, it's cute. So anyway, I was up at the front of the class presenting, reading this book. And this little kid put their hand up in the, in the class. And, and I, you know, yes, you know, can I, can I ask you answer your question? And they said, you know, my name's Aiden. And I really like your book. And I'm trans and I really like your book because it makes me feel safe and it makes me feel like I can just be myself. And I was like, oh, that is why I do the work that I do. Thank you. Wow. Aiden. And so it was really validating. And then the teacher's at the back of the room crying because she's now witnessed this kid go, I feel safe here. And you make me feel safe because your books talk about oh me. My gosh. It was this whole like beautiful experience. And so I think that, um, yeah, I think that things are changing and we're seeing a change and I'm, you know, we take two steps forward and sometimes we take three back and it's like, we have to keep pushing forward. We have to keep trying, you know, and it's, it's a never ending. It's, it's just like a tick box and it's done. We have to keep doing the work. And yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that story. That's so mm -hmm. cute. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have that one. I have the one, I think it's the first one. What's the first one? I write with the bike. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I, yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was the first one. Cause I, it was like your first launch. And I remember yeah. like going through being nice. like, I'm supporting this book. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, again, still didn't know there were four of them. There you go. <laughs> now I'm like, I want to put those books in our library there you go. to get them. Um, oh. oh, what a great story. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That What'd you say? The heartfelt story, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel good when I when I share it because it was it was a pivotal moment for that child and it was also made me realize like why I even do the work I do, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What great feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you also just started your own podcast. Very exciting. Congratulations. So proud of you. Mm -hmm. Um do you want to talk about a little bit about like what what you talk about on the podcast and sure. and who it's like who it's for what your what your um, sort of drive was or how you started it all that I think probably I mean we talked a little bit before the recording about something that we wanted to do and had this kind of in the back of our mind I don't know for you but for me it's been a while I've been a podcast listener for a long time and I always find them so helpful and I always you know walk away going oh that quote was great or that little nugget of information really helped me in my day or whatever, right? Like you've probably done that too. And so had this desire to start a podcast, but I wasn't sure exactly what the, you know, what the goal was. So it's like, well, you got to wait till you have the goal and you know what you want to do. And so since changing my career over the last three or four years, it really, um, every time I did a presentation, there was always these really great questions that came out of the presentations that people wanted to know further, more further learning. And I thought, oh, this is a good start for a podcast because all these questions and I can answer them on the show and so um, I came up with the name the inclusion evolution podcast so it's all about how it. to create um, 
inclusive spaces for 2S LGBTQI plus individuals and communities. And the, the show is really for people who are in leadership or HR or really anyone on, you know, with a desire to make change in their, in their lives, in their communities, in their families, right, in their workplace. And so I talk about all kinds of different topics around creating inclusive spaces. That's really the premise of the, of the show. I love that. It sounds like such a helpful, what a helpful podcast. I love that you're doing that. Very um, different. But I mean, some stuff the same as yours. I don't have interviews yet. I plan to do interviews <laughs> for season two, but most of it's just me speaking. And most of the episodes are like 30 minutes or less. They're pretty consumable. And uh, it's just really short snippets of like, what do you need to know? What action can you take? And then like, go do it, you know? And so, yeah. yeah I mean, I love, that's my kind of thing. Quite honestly, <laughs> I'm like the worst, probably the worst person to host a podcast because I don't actually even listen to podcasts. <laughs> I'm the worst. I am like, I, I've never been like a talk radio person. It puts me to sleep. I'm like, I can't, I need like pump me up music if I, or like music, if I'm trying to focus or do stuff. Um, but I love, if I was going to listen to a podcast, it would be shorter, (laughs) actionable (laughs) podcast. Not even my own probably. Um, (laughs) don't stop listening to my podcast though, but, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said, my my goal for this podcast is to introduce cool people that I know to other cool people I know. I know so many people love podcasts and love to listen while they're on walks or bike rides and um, or driving long distances. Um, sure. For me, I like a, I like a much like shorter, <laughs> punchier mm-hmm. thing. So. I'm I will you. listen to your podcast. You can <laughs> listen to my long podcasts while you're on your I bike. Have. I, I listened to an episode just this morning and I was like, oh, I love this. This is great. You already got something out of this show. How awesome. I mean, that's the goal. If you get something out of it, that's good, right? But yeah, really, I just love connecting people and um, and introducing the world to different people. I just, nice. there's so many, I feel like I go to events and I meet people like you and I'm like, obsessed with all these people in my life and I'm like everybody needs to know each other and be friends and support each other really love it a great vision a great vision for the point all about connecting and inclusion right it's great exactly yeah um so anything else we forgot to cover because um we're almost I feel like we're almost at an hour which is crazy yeah um (laughs) or any parting words any words of wisdom Ooh, um, I think I think at the end of the day, I mean, to really wrap up a lot of what we talked about uh, around, you know, kind of steering this into more of an inclusion conversation and, and even just being supportive of different people and individuals. Um, something that I always say at the end of all of my podcast episodes that I leave people with is, you know, if you want to if you want the world to change, you have to be the change you wish to see in the world. And so that's how I that's how I end my shows. And, and I mean, that's a partially a Gandhi quote, right? Be the change you want to see. And so I think when it comes down to it, we aren't going to change the world if we don't take action on doing it. And so we can talk about it and we can say what we'd like to see, and, but if we don't do it, we never, we never get there. And so um, get out there and, you know, make the world the way you want it to be. And uh, yeah, I think that's my, that's my closing. Mm, I love it. That's my brain is like, all right, now how do I go out and like <laughs> be, do more of that stuff? Like, ah, uh, crap. 
okay I gotta do the thing <laughs> do more of the stuff maybe you need um, to read my book too but only half of it because you won't finish it but you can read half of it and you'll probably still get something out of it <laughs> as long as all the good stuff's in the first half <laughs> um yeah I just am terrible about I'm a bad reader bad podcast listener don't anybody follow in my footsteps I'm terrible on these things um that is a beautiful way to end and thank you very much for sharing your story and for being so open and honest and um and I will echo what that child said I feel extremely safe to be able to to ask my questions and you know have a conversation I was quite frankly, a little bit nervous to have going in just because it's not a conversation I've had before. And so thank you so much for, for allowing the learning and making it a safe place for me to explore and hopefully some other people to explore as well. And, and I don't, you know, I, I don't feel like it feels comfortable. It feels safe that like nothing sort of off the table. And I always appreciate a space like that. So thank you so much for sharing openly and vulnerably and um, being a safe place to ask my ridiculous questions. Of. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you for having me on. And I hope this is helpful for yourself and, and your listeners and reach out if you have anything more that uh, suddenly eats away at you after the show and, and you want to ask more questions, please do. Oh, I'm sure. I'm like infamous for always asking <laughs> questions after the fact. I'm like, wait, 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 I forgot to ask this thing. Um, and I'll link all the, all the books, all this stuff. We'll link all that stuff in the notes so people can easily get to all of your things and follow your podcast. And um, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back. Be back for another episode. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Leah.